internet. If it's my dad, tell him I'm not here. I like mommy better. My name is Matthew Kroll. And for once, it looks like we're in luck. I think. My name is Shahir Dowd. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film straight out of Iran, The Salesman. The Salesman. And this the is The Salesman, as you just heard. <laughs> yeah. I'd never heard that before. <laughs> Rush? You got to listen to some Rush, man. See, I, I feel like I'm lacking in my musical taste in terms of Rush and Pink Floyd. I just haven't heard a lot of it. I don't know. Uh, you know, I know it exists. I know it's huge. Sure. I just haven't dipped into the canon. You know what? It's 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 a it's a deep deep well that you need know, to be that, prepared for. That's the thing. That's like whenever you like I have a lot of Pink Floyd on an old iPod, but right. it's like 40 albums yeah, or something like it's, that. It's a, it's, it takes a minute to get into. And I was like, where do I even begin? Anywhere. Th- at that point, just anywhere. Put it but, on shuffle. But segues into, this is exciting for me because for the last two years that we've been doing this podcast, every year we've done the best of episodes. And every time we do those best ofs, we kind of have this thing, which is like, what's the best movie you saw that we right. didn't review? And for me, for the last two years... It's been, without a doubt, movies by Asghar Fahadi, the director of The Salesman. It was, uh, first one was uh, The Past, and the second one was about Ellie. Um, this is the fourth film I've, I've seen of his, and so I am, he, he is probably my favorite working director right now. So I'm excited. To I like, feel like you say that a lot. Well, but we, of movies we don't review. Like What about La La Land director guy? I like Damien Chazelle. He's not my favorite working director nope. right now. Okay. No? Um, I like him. I like, uh, who's my favorite working director right now? Um, I feel I, like D- Denis Villeneuve. Yep, we've yep, talked about him yes. a lot. I like him a lot. I, I feel like I just, I but don't know. Asghar Fahadi is your favorite. Your are straight up definitively. He is the guy I'm most ex- like when there's a new Asghar Fahadi film coming out. I'm very excited. But not just because more than Taiko, more than Taika Waititi. Yeah. Well, so his new film is Thor, and you know my excitement level for what Thor. What if Thor is going to be your favorite movie? Of all time? Of all time. Do you think that's completely possible at this point? It, I think it's highly improbable, <laughs> but that doesn't mean nothing is impossible, Sheer. I like Taika a lot, uh, but uh, the thing, so I think Asghar Fahadi's movies are the reason I love movies. Like the, Interesting. The Past, A Separation, and About Ellie are three films that not only captivate me on a purely gut level, like they make me, you know, quelch up and sit in my seat kind of weird and, and just, I can't stop sure, watching sure, these sure, movies. Sure. They're also, they, they change the way I look at the world. Every time I come out of them, the, 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 right. the movie, the past has one of, I think I would say the greatest final shot in any film I think I've ever seen. Um, so I was excited to, to get you to see this movie, but I was very sad for the reason we are having this conversation. Right. Well, not, it's it's nominated, obviously, uh, if you've heard, dear listeners, for Best Foreign Film at the Academy Awards this year. Yep. Um, which is great. Great. Uh, the sad part. This is not, I mean, this is, this is beyond sad for me. This is, uh, so I don't, how did you, Okay. We're going to sidetrack into politics here for a second, as, what? We, as we have want to do from time to time. And it's not, listen, world, you make us do this. This, <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. What happened last Saturday or last Friday uh, has me so, I don't know what the word is, but it has me so, I, I mean, look, there's anger, obviously, there's just, there's, there's anger, but then it, it breaks down into a fundamental disappointment in the world we live in and sure. what I thought the world was. And if, for if, those of you who have been living under a rock, we're talking about uh, Trump's Muslim ban. 
Uh, his, who, which he's uh, he's saying is not a Muslim ban, and you can't use the word ban. Oh, it's so funny because what's his name? Uh, Sp- Spencer Spicer. Spicer whatever. Well, he's Spicer. he's used the word ban after you said you can't use the word ban. So of course, and 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 Trump ran his entire campaign on saying I want to ban all Muslims from coming into America right. until we figure what the hell is going. Yeah, I don't know what the. the- <laughs> I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I am surprised that he followed through with this. And my problem is, so the upshot of one of these, of part of this happening is that people who are green card holders, American citizens, permanent residents of America were detained in, in airports in America for the country they live in. So, you know, like one of the, a friend of ours is a postdoctoral fellow. Uh, about to start their postdoctoral fellowship in in America, but has an Iranian passport and now has to cancel that whole trip. Jesus uh, lives in Canada. lived has lived in Canada her entire life and now has to cancel that that thing. And the and the thing from her professor that that she know that that we heard was like this is just one of the most embarrassing things that our country has ever done. And and I can't tell. You, I'm a minority. I'm also a green card holder. Uh, I'm from New Zealand, so. I'm not on the list for what it's worth. Well, he pissed off Australia, and that's right next door. It is right next door. But I can't tell you the the upshot of this of this order, this executive order, it goes a long way to make you feel small. It goes a long way to make you feel vulnerable. Um it 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 it, it makes you feel unequal and 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 that's how I feel right now yeah and it's fucking bullshit man like and and that's like the the fact that this guy now too even going beyond this back to the director of the film like he can't go to the fucking award show he can't now now to be fair iran has done a lot of terrible things in terms of human rights violations in terms of censorship yep um yep but 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 i thought but this dude didn't i thought we were better than that and we're not we're clearly not yeah. And that and that's what's what's troubling and what's upset about it. I I've had a family member who was planning to come here, uh, call and be scared of coming here now. I mean, how do I mean you as an American citizen? How does it make you feel when you hear people are scared to come to your country? It it fucking sucks. Like, look, I. <laughs> I've, I've, I've touched on this before, but like, I, I do feel like whenever we get in this uh, conversation about like, oh, like where people are from or like, um you know, his historical roots or anything yeah. like that with you or any mm-hmm. guest, I, if you want to get into my genealogy of a little bit of everything, there's a lot of Polish, there's a lot of Italian, but mm-hmm. there's a bunch of my, my ancestors were a little bit promiscuous. So I have like uh <laughs> Blackfoot Indian. I have some Chinese. I have a bunch of different stuff all in me. Right. I saw the Chinese. I can see yeah. the Chinese. Um, but I am someone that, I, it, this is a weird thing to say. I don't have a culture mm-hmm. other than like you have a culture America. I have an, I have, a, I have a current, uh, 21st century or 20th, whatever the fuck we're in American culture. That's my, I don't have a, I've never had strong roots in my family to either religion or where we're from. I have no like Polish, like, or Italian sort of like tradition or anything. Like that's what it is. I have no tradition from where I am from. Right. And that has always made me feel, especially whenever getting into conversations like this, a little bit empty feels the, like the wrong word, but like, I feel like I never have a lot to offer. So what I've always been able to sort of lean on is like, Oh, I'm an American okay. and for all or good or bad that has meant over the course of the years. And this is the first time where I feel like the bad is now outweighing the good of saying that you're an American. Right. Uh, 
I feel awful that people are afraid to come here. I feel awful that people can't come here. I feel awful that not only are we now the laughing stock of the fucking globe, but it's that like real scary joke because it it's a joke that has deathly consequences depending on what how you look at what aspect of it. Like, yeah, it's cute and it's funny and then it gets horrible and then it gets deadly. Yeah. And there's it's just a sense of shame. There's a sense of I am I'm ashamed sadly and not all aspects there's tons of great aspects about this country but like the last what 12 13 days whatever the hell it's been has chipped away at my pride for it and uh you know and that that sucks and i know not everyone feels the same way i know you know and i i and i really do like hearing from people that are trump supporters or that support the stuff that want to have actual dialogues about it because i i feel like i really like trying to get into the heads of people that think this is okay. And yeah. maybe it's, it's okay. And I, I, I have yet to hear a convincing argument, but that does not mean that, you know, that people don't have arguments. Right. Um, it's just, uh, it's just rough. And I, it, it's, it's, it, this is what's weird. It's the least rough for me. Of course. <laughs> so no one's going to stop you at an airport. I can't imagine how rough it is for everyone else. Yeah. And that, hurts that sucks that fucking i mean and blows. there are there are a number of issues that like don't affect me that should affect me more and and you know like it's 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 obviously this direct you know it, this directly ties into uh, into my being you know because i'm a green card holder and, it, and it, it was very upsetting uh again i'm not from a country on the list but that shouldn't matter yeah that, there that, shouldn't that, be that, a list yeah that, that shouldn't matter and you know the thing about this this is that it is brought on by nothing if if not an empty campaign promise and pride. And this is the other thing. It's ineffective. It's, it None of the countries nothing. on the list have been behind any of the major terror attacks in the United States. It achieves absolutely nothing except, you know, like sto- the stories that we've heard, which is like um, Iraqi uh, translators who worked for who the- Who worked for the military. Who worked for the military, who can't, who have citizens, you know, the Grandmothers thing, in the airports who, who still say how much they love America after they were detained for like however many a hours. A five-year-old boy on his birthday was handcuffed. Yep. And uh, I mean, the only thing I've heard so far uh, is uh, on CNN, they collected like uh, a bunch of uh, people calling in one way or the other about this executive order. And, you know, like I recall a woman saying, I feel safer at the airports now. I feel safer flying. I'm like, I, I don't know why you think that. You know what might make her feel safer? Reading a book. <laughs> um, it's just, it's so silly. And, and this is the weird thing. And this is where I feel like I will, I, I get sort of a, a, a smidgen of where people are coming from if only they had correct information. Right. Is like, if there was a country, let's say there was like North Korea times a million. Right. That we knew they attacked us nine billion times. Right. <laughs> and yes, not having the people come in to uh, our country uh, unchecked or whatever, I could see that. You know what? Let's put some heavy restrictions there. Let's not ban anybody. Let's not do a 90 day. What are they figuring out in 90 fucking days? <laughs> Like it, that, but that makes sense to me. Like, oh shit, like a real danger backed by facts and figures. Yeah. Okay. Maybe do some stuff there. Right. But, but, but you're not, and, and just the fucking guise of this as yeah. like a, oh, it's just these countries and it's not a bad, like, look, look, let's even say for the sake of fucking argument that this isn't in their eyes, a Muslim ban. Right. Let's say that it's just this in there, whatever. If that is true, 
we are in even more shit than we think because they don't realize the damage and the basic. They're literally making ISIS recruiting videos for them. Yeah, it 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 has. We had ISIS on its fucking heels <laughs> and now they're going to be like, look what fucking America's doing and it's going to get bigger and it's going to hopefully not literally blow up in our face. I, I mean, I, I don't How about know. the movies, though? The yeah. movies are great. Well, uh, this is a topic I wanted to talk about very briefly before we move into the movie <laughs> itself as well. Uh, and guys, you can uh, email us in, as always, <laughs> at onlymoviepodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, I, I Matt knows I'm sitting here with a kind of a sad face on right now. Uh, you can hit us at Twitter at OnlyMoviePod. <laughs> sounds so excited. Uh, uh, you can check us out on our website, yeah. OnlyMoviePodcast.com. Um, but let's talk about the Oscars for a minute. If, oh, if here, here's a hypothetical, Matt. If you and I were nominated for best podcast of the year, when? Yeah, when we get nominated only, for only for, podcast about movies. I don't know why we don't have a seat at this table. Uh, if if we were nominated, when we're nominated for the on, the best podcast of the year, sure. And say one of our fellow nominees was from Iran mm -hmm. and couldn't attend the award ceremony. How would you feel about our nomination? How would I feel about the nomination? Our nomination. Like, how would you feel about participating in that? Like, like, how do you think? The it, interesting thing is it's not for once, for once, it's not the Oscars fault. No, it's not the Oscars fault. Uh, it would suck. It's not, that's not the Oscars fault. Right. I am of the opinion that this, this executive order and it's resulting banning of Mr. Fahadi, a man who's already won an, a Best Foreign Film Oscar <laughs> as well, by the way. Um, we sure feel safer without him flying into Man, the, he's gone radical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant uh, that like a Ninja Turtles. No, I, I I get it. Yeah. I get it. Nice. It was a, it was a good play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> tubular. A tubular uh, play. Um, I... Look, I, I th this is deeply uh, upsetting to me, and and it's deeply upsetting because I think there are many great films at the Oscars this year. I I adore Moonlight. I love Arrival. Um, I like La La Land a lot, unlike you. Um, it was alright, but but I feel like, and it's not. It, I don't ever want to. This has got nothing to do with the work of the people that made those films, right? But the awards themselves in my opinion, has been somewhat somewhat tarnished by the fact that an executive order in this country... Like, for example, if, I, if, if, if the Toronto Film Festival sure. was having an award ceremony and mm -hmm. there was determined that all Americans couldn't attend because Toronto, because Canada said, fuck you, right. we would look down upon those awards, would we not? We would, like, look down upon but the, that, the I, country of those awards. I think the difference is it, if the if the Toronto Film Festival the was, a government, was a government body, if the Oscars were run by the government... I, I just think that... that the government and, is the gatekeeper. Of course, point. of course. But do you... Well, I, I guess my point here okay. is, is that do you think you would enjoy winning an award knowing that someone else wasn't allowed into the table simply because of the, uh, their, their country of origin. And I know it's not the Academy's fault. No, no, I, I know that. Um, again, and this, I don't know if this sound, I don't think this sounds selfish actually. So I'll just move forward. I think because you're assuming that, I mean, we would win in this scenario, right? Of, co we're, but of course we'd win, but yeah. say, but, but, in in the best foreign film, his film is not barred from the nomination. He, he can still win this. He just can't be there to accept it. Is that? I mean, that. But but no. Look, I, and 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 yes, it's it's incredibly disappointing or whatever. But again, this is why I, I think it's beyond disappointing. It's 
It is. It but it's is, disappointing it, in the country. It's not the Oscars. It's not the awards. No, I it's don't. Not I, I agree. It. I don't think it's the. I, I agree. I don't. It's and it's not the. It's not the fault of the people who've been nominated for awards. It's not their fault. It's not the Oscars' fault sure. either. But I think I. I, I really. I, I think something should be done about this. And here's the thing. Like so. Uh, the the like close- sneak them in in your luggage? Or no, 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 no. The closest thing uh, in in New Zealand, for example, okay. um, back in 1980, uh, the uh, New Zealand's a rugby fearing country. We love our rugby. Rugby is one of the most important things to a New Zealand. You've though. never mentioned rugby, to right? You. Well, no. I, I mean, it is. <laughs> I played I played rugby all the way through high school. Okay. Um, and um, in 1980, the the Springboks, the South African team, were going to tour New Zealand, and uh, apartheid was still um, part of the fabric of South Africa as we knew it. Sure. And the one, and what New Zealanders decided was that we can't divorce sport from politics, and we can't support. And even though these rugby players have nothing to do with with apartheid, it's the country themselves. We can't support this. And and New Zealand basically almost tore itself apart. And what happened was is there was a severe disruption of the games. You know, games got canceled. There were protests at the games. People rioted, and it for for New Zealand, it really it it for 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 South Africa, it really showed that their political stance had a severe cultural impact. And I I truly believe that if you are an Oscar nominee, and this is a weird one because it's not your it's if, if it's an Oscar if you're an Oscar nominee, you've done wonderful work. You Damien Chazelle. Um, you know, uh, the Moonlight people, you've done amazing work. Sure. You deserve to be celebrated. Yep. But if you really believe that this is a travesty, and I think it is, uh, I mean, from here here on in, I'm going to refer to these Oscars as Trump's Oscars. And 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 I will not, I, I won't speak about it. I won't tweet about it. I Look, and it's got nothing to do with the people that I have, have, have won. I, and I don't want to diminish from there. They are sure. all... Worthy of celebration, but one of them will not be permitted to enjoy that celebration. And I think if if you think that that's a travesty, and I do, then you should not attend. And I get the analogy, right? I do. Um, I think, and again, I don't know that I don't know the 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 rugby situation more than what you've just said. And you please correct me as I as I yeah. go down this rabbit hole. Um, the, the, how do I put it? Rugby is super important in, in New Zealand, Mm -hmm. right? How do I put this? It, that feels more tied culturally to the actual country than the Oscars does for me. And for a lot of people, I feel like currently, because the Oscars have kind of lost their shine over the course of the last few years, award shows in general, but but the Oscars, and, and they still exist, of course. The, the difference is in what I think uh, is to, uh, this is going to be a weird sort of sentence, and I, I might have to backtrack. Trump, Mm-hmm. hates the media and hates all these actors and hates the entirety of the thing. He right. does, I mean, because they all speak out against them and right. they all, because they all have eyeballs. Um, so if they, you know, boycotted it or didn't go or whatever, or it was disrupted, yada, 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 two things would happen. One, he'd love it because these famous people aren't going to have a fucking platform and won't get to 
they're not going to enjoy something because of something he did. So he'd love that. Mm-hmm. Two, I feel like, and this this sucks. This is not an example I want to set, but this is one of those uncomfortable times sort of things. Since he can't go, mm-hmm. we are now having this conversation. Since he can't go, a lot of fucking people on that stage, and if they don't, I'll be right there with you, but I'll be more mad at the people in the Oscars. But there better be some fucking talk of this at the goddamn Oscars. Right. And and the fact I that- think, I think that's a minimum, and that's a that's a minimum. Ex- ex- but, th- this is, but my point is, my point is, the Oscars will now become, the Oscars will now have, beyond, you know, giving achievements to great filmmakers, mm-hmm. will now have an actual, it's a, it's a, it's, it sucks they have to do it, but now have an importance and a cause that they can now use their platform, however big or small it is at this point, to hopefully point some shit in the direction of good. Now, is it going to go into an echo chamber? Is it going to, that, that is a whole other conversation for another time. But I do feel like, if everyone just didn't go to the Oscars and the Oscars got canceled, it would not, it would send. You don't a, think that would be a major cultural disruption? No, because, because truth be it's told. never happened in the history truth of the be Oscars told, before. Truth be told, the average American moviegoer, other than hearing about, oh, that won an Oscar, doesn't give a shit about the Oscars. You can look at the box office. You can I, look at all that. So, so it's not going to disrupt anything but the people that Trump already fucking hates. I think it would be a signal that this is not okay. And he would be like, oh, ha, huh, they didn't get their night. I, it's, not, it's not about him. It's about saying I'm an, it's about saying you're an artist and another artist is not being able to, is not, is, is literally, it's not like, it's not like his movie's being censored or like given an R16 sure, or something. Sure, sure. He's not allowed into the fucking country. No, I get He's that. He's not allowed into the country. Country. But what I'm saying, and I, again, do we feel safe for no fucking reason? I understand that, but that the, my my argument, and, and I'm not arguing against that being insane and stupid and fucking re- just awful. What I'm saying is, shouldn't that? I mean, my point is that shouldn't that make you? Shouldn't that be a galvanizing force to make you angry? Yes. Should the Oscars use that on their platform to get more people to hear about it than they have? Yes, because if they just went away. It, listen, more people will hear about it if they have the Oscars and talk about it than if no one showed up to the Oscars. You I think if no one showed up to the Oscars, that wouldn't be a news story. It would say this is the news story that would happen and, the, and it would be spun back the other way to be like, oh, the fucking snowflake liberals wouldn't do their thing because blah, 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 blah. And it'd be, they'd come across as, as whiny, but without the actual message being heard by anybody, it would be spun by other sides where this, and again, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to grasp on this, on this task and on this moment that they should, I hope they do. And if they don't, I will be the first to fucking condemn them. And I'm not a fan of, I mean, I, I'm, I have to be a fan of the Oscars because of the whole movie thing, but like, I'm not truly an Oscar fan anymore. I used to love it and yeah. it has lost its shine for me due to many things due to the exclusion in let's see, even outside of the, this whole thing, the exclusion of minorities being nominated for things. And then like the weird sort of upswing to kind of like make up for it. And like, but it's, it's just, it, it, it's too, it, there's too many things. And just in, in my own opinion, and it, it's, I it will not fault you for not agreeing with me is that if they do it right, because of this tragedy, this tragedy that has happened, more good can come from a lot of people speaking about it on that platform than making the platform disappear and having other people basically run the narrative. I, I, Hmm. I think there. I don't agree with your notion that that not like the Oscars stopping would be 
a non-story. I think no, it'd be I, a story, but it'd be a story I that think, they control. I think it would be a massive story, and I think it would I think it would be a really important signal that this is not cool. But but I agree that that lesser steps could be taken. But the minimum expectation right now is that the fact that a nominee, uh, the filmmaker of the film that we're going to spend the rest of this conversation sure. talking about, cannot come to this country. Yeah, that that's awful. But that, again, I, I do I do have to say it's not it's not the Oscars. It's not the Oscars' fault. Yeah. And again, don't get me wrong. It's not the Oscars' fault. When the 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 the, uh, the apartheid uh, moment in right. New Zealand, it's not rugby's fault that this happened. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it, it's... Sport! But I'm saying that if you do believe that this is a travesty, I think you need to make a stand about it. I mean, I'll happily play Bioshock and not watch the Oscars. That's <laughs> we we'll, we'll, we won't release an episode that week, but nobody gives a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's... Uh, no, I, yeah, I mean, I look, I, I honestly do get where you're coming from, and I and, get and both is, sides. Yeah. This is just, I mean, this is literally just opinion at this point. Um, of course, well, yeah, you know, but I, I really, it, this is very upsetting, and I think it's, it's, uh, he can't come to the country. Yeah, and and to be fair, and, and I, I know this is the movie podcast or the only podcast about movies, but like a lot of people can't come to the country. That's that's another horrible. It's just like I know we're going to use him as sort of the. Um, the example, the one that, cause we were talking about his film, but like it's, it's huge and it sucks and it's awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, no, and yeah, I don't, uh, I'm using him because he's a touch point. It's a touch point for what we talk about. Yeah. You know, obviously there are a lot of people that can't come to this. And the worst thing is, is, is that if you're a green card holder, you've been vetted. I know you have gone through a long process to get the, to the, you have to submit police records. You have to submit of health records. You have to get HIV tested to come to America to get a green card. Yeah. You know, like, there's a record. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully he fucking wins. <laughs> That's the, I, well, for what it's worth. Yeah. Anyway, the salesman, Asghar Fahadi, one of my favorite working filmmakers today. But before we talk about that, I'm going to pull a shit here. <laughs> okay. I saw, I saw two other movies. I want to just briefly touch on. <laughs> uh, this is going to be a great pivot. <laughs> yep. They're both kind of about the end of the world. Yeah, uh, I saw the uh, <laughs> I saw Resident Evil: The Final Chapter and Underworld: Blood Wars. I think the same movie at this point. Um, no, because this is the interesting thing, and and, and Resident Evil, uh, I have a special place in my heart to, for it. But they're both like one is just Resident Evil is pure schlock, yeah. and and loves it and wallows in it and it feels whatever. And and um Underworld tries to do the sort of classy, almost um like as far as classy action movies can go, like not even classy, let's call it elegant. Right. Because classy involves a different sort of space space. Right. Well, does it take itself a little more seriously? Yes. Right. And and I do feel like the filmmaking of that, if I wanted to just gra- gather all of the things that filmmaking is better in Underworld than it is in Resident Evil. However Is it Lynn Wiseman is the director of yeah. uh, on the Underworld series? Uh and God bless Kate Beckinsale. Um, but the the interesting thing about it is these movies, no matter what time they are made from the first films to these films, I believe Resident <laughs> Evil has six and Underworld might have four or five. Um, they feel like stepping back into the year 2000. Does Marilyn Manson still do the soundtrack? No, he only did the first one for yeah, Resident Evil. Yeah. But, but I've only seen and, the first and one. And because of the madness that has been going on lately, it was actually a very nice reprieve. Because <laughs> the second I sat my ass down in both of those, and I actually saw Underworld uh, with our friend of the show, Jess Tucker. Right. Um, it just gave me that sort of, like, it, 
it was a bomb for a couple hours from the fucking nightmare fuel that's going on. It took me back to a much simpler it did time. did what movies should do. Yes. It made you forget a little And bit. more so uh, because, you know, just sort of the history with it. So if you like those movies, I do suggest going to see them. Uh, Shahir, you'd fucking hate them. No, but- no. You know, what's interesting, I think there was, some, there was uh, I posted up on our Facebook page a, uh, a recap of the entire Resident Evil series. I, you know what? I didn't even watch it before. <laughs> I saw that, but I didn't even watch it before because I know them. It, you know, it came off a Reddit thread and yeah. I was kind of, and, and then in the Reddit there was my favorite comment which was like watching a Resident Evil movie is like melting uh, an entire tub of ice cream and then drinking it uh, with chocolate sauce and then eating cookies for the rest of the day I know it's terrible for me but I kind of like to do it sometimes you just gotta do it sometimes you just gotta do it and I I get that impulse. I my only my only qualm there is because you've been trying to get me to do the Resident Evil movie. Like, look, <laughs> if there were two Resident Evil movies, I'd be all for it. The fact that there's seven, I'm like, look, I don't need to talk about McDonald's as a franchise for seven hours. Look, I can, I, you know, I, and I'll agree with that. But I will say, if we decided to do the Fast and the Furious franchise, it would be our highest rated thing we've ever done. Possibly. <laughs> um, anyway, see those movies if you want a little slice of like. Uh, just, just I know feel this, okay. Matt. If you if you persist, then it'll be the second series that we've done, which will mean that I will make you watch either the Dickalogue or and, and the Dickalogue sounds like a dope name. The Dickalogue's amazing. The thing is, is that. I truly believe you would enjoy these films like the Dickalogue. And I would- feel like if you just let yourself have some fun, you'd yeah. like these films. Yeah. Um, the, you, <laughs> it'll either be the Dickalogue, the red, white, and blue. These are all Krzysztof Krzyzlowski yeah, films. Uh, we could I know do, them now. You've taught me. Yeah. We could do, um, I would love to do the Matthew Barney Kraymaster cycle. I was always interested in seeing that. I saw the, how many are there? There's three? There's, no, there's nine. Or oh, are there? Yeah. I thought they were really long and there were three. I, I've They're, seen one. Some of them are short yeah. and then some of them, like he made short versions of them. Sure. And then he's made a, he, the last film he did, uh, River of Fundament was six and a half Ooh, hours long. Fundament. Um, uh, and Drawing Restraint number nine is actually a, a favorite film of sure. mine. Um, so I would love, uh, yeah. If you, just, just know that, Matt. Yeah, that's fine. If, we, if we're doing this, we're doing those. That's fine. Let's get unemployed. Let's be, get unemployed and just do and this. And they will be the lowest rated episodes hey, that's we fine. ever do. There will be two people listening in. And they'll love it. And there'll be you and me listening back to our own episodes. All right. But we're about a half hour in. <laughs> Let's actually talk about this damn movie. All right. Uh, the Salesman. There we Cracking go. it open. Cracking the beer. Well, here's an interesting thing as well. You... This movie was sold out when you went to see it, right? Yeah, it was sold out at the Angelica in New York, so we had to go to the Lincoln Center Theater. Uh, oh, so I went with uh, my good friend Raya Backer and her fiancé, Nick. Um, they were nice enough to triple date. Uh, it was oh, super nice. how was that? It was great. They're, they're just great people. Do you sit in the middle and they each hold one of your hands? Yeah, that's pretty much, that is how it went. Or do you kind of like, you're the popcorn popcorn receptacle? You right, could, and you then could, both of our hands meet in the pop. I have to, I have to eat popcorn I mean, two-handed. You would, you would be prime dick in a box kind of uh Yeah, but position. there wasn't any time. Okay. Um, and yeah, we went. And, no uh, time to cut a hole in the box. No, <laughs> Raya has an interesting perspective because Raya is half Iranian. Oh, cool. Uh, and I actually got her to uh, speak about it. We have a couple oh. little clips we'll be playing throughout the show. Uh, oh. Just I recorded at work today. Okay, yeah, because we've been working on a show together. So uh, she had a lot of really interesting uh, perspectives about it. Specifically, actually, why don't I play one now? Just even because it's more about... Um, it's more about watching a foreign film in general. Okay. And she had some, no, no, but thought, surely we've covered this ground, Matt. No, but point. like a subtitled film and how that can be different. She speaks Farsi. Okay. So here, listen to this. I am here with Raya Backer. Hello. Uh, we're live at, at our place of business right now. Mm-hmm. 
Shout out to the PA room. Yes, we're, it's lovely. It's full of lots of craft services. And um, I wanted to ask you a couple things. We went on a lovely triple date yes. with uh, me, you, and your fiance. Yes. It was romantic. It. Nick and I bring the romance. I know, and I really appreciate it. To any and all things. The flowers were a very nice touch. I appreciate it. They're on my desk. He's a gentleman. Yeah, he is a very very sweet man. Yeah. Um, So I wanted to ask you, because you definitely had a different experience than I feel like most people in the theater had. Yes. Because? I'm half Iranian. Dun, dun, dun. And you speak Farsi. I bale Farsi harf mizanam. There you go. Bale. So you, Salam. you got to experience this from an angle I feel like that uh, no one else really did, at least in that theater, because like I noticed your reactions were different at different moments and times than everyone else's were. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I, I don't know. I, I, I actually think you give me a little more credit than I deserve, only because, like, I just happen to understand some of the phrases or some of the dialogue that they said in Farsi that was not, you know, I wouldn't say improperly translated, but that wasn't particularly accurately translated into English. Some of the lines were, you know, funnier or more kind of nutty than others but the one that was especially of note is like there's this one neighbor in their apartment complex in which they all live uh who says like i'm going to like he ought to drown and hang and be hung by his neck about the perpetrator yeah but i read the english subtitle and it said like he ought to be publicly humiliated so it was a little out of character for someone in this rather tiny theater to audibly gasp when she really didn't say that much. I was a bit more in line with the dialogue and how they were all speaking with each other. I think that I also, because I I grew up in a cultural enough Persian home, uh, my mother is Iranian and my grandmother lived with us. I I really enjoyed seeing how often they all drank tea, chai. Sure. Chai Michai. Um, <laughs> that means, would you like tea? All right. Um, Always. And, you know, so there were those small little bits of customs that, you know, were not, were, were sweet for me to see. Uh, but that would have been obvious because it is a Persian movie. Yeah. So she was, she was, it, it, it's interesting The sort of, I, I, what I was touching on was the pacing is like, you always are a little off. Yeah. When you when you're reading a film then and, you, and yeah, she was she was reacting in very interesting ways. And like it was enjoyable to see her watch this because like it's what, you know, anyone who watches a movie in their native language would, you know, it was just it was and a different experience. I mean, you know, this is a, I have a thing, which is that I believe every language kind of has a its own unique poetry. Oh, yeah. There's a and, cadence to it. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the one that I'm always in uh, the one because I'm a big Wong Kai Wai fan and I and I used to watch a lot of Wong Kai Wai movies and and I always found the writing of Wong Kai Wai movies just devastatingly beautiful. Sure. There was like a poetry to the language. And then he did a film, uh, his first English language film, My Blueberry Nights. Yep. And the, the, the language... Didn't quite work. Well, well, when people started speaking what he was saying in English, it, there was a kind of like, oh, yeah. 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 Okay. But onward to uh, The Salesman. Sure. Uh, the story of a young couple, Imad and Rana, who live in Tehran, who are uh, putting on a play of Death of a Salesman, Arthur, Arthur Miller's Death of a Salesman, when... Salesman! Salesman! When... Uh, He's never listened to Russian. <laughs> I've never listened to Russian. <laughs> but I have one hell of a Russian impersonation. When their apartment is, de, is, 
deemed in an, in uninhabitable through a pretty amazing sequence right at the beginning of the film yep. uh, because of nearby construction. Yeah, they don't give a shit about zoning. <laughs> um, and so they, they're forced to move into a new apartment uh, that uh, Babak, a friend of theirs, happens to have. Who's this, in their theater company. Yeah, a little, little shoddy, but it kind of, you know, will do. Unfortunately- I'll tell you, I'm looking for apartments now. I would, I, I take like that, that apartment. Yeah, yeah. That apartment was fine. You have low standards, but uh-huh. <laughs> no, you're right. I would take that apartment too. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It had a view. Now would you, but the one thing was, was that the, the previous tenants positions were still in one room. Yes. Um, which is a cause of annoyance. Now the Asghar Fahadi has a thing, which I, the thing, the reason, the reason why he's my favorite working director today sure. is everything matters in his movies. There's nothing throwaway. Um, and Every detail matters. I have and a couple if, things I think didn't matter, so I'll be interested to talk about. Right, it. and and I'll be upfront of of uh, my review of this film is I love Asghar Fahadi. This is my least favorite of his oh. films. It's not, but that's it's kind of in that way that like uh, a bad Michael Jordan game. It's still, still a Michael Jordan game. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you know that. What I mean? Yeah. Um. So it, it's it's of the four that I've seen so far, it is my least uh the the the, the least interesting to sure, me. Sure. Sure. Um. But one of the things I love that he does is that he is uh a person all about details, and yes. and I think the thing uh the thing that maybe is it, it doesn't quite work here is the details are slightly more esoteric in this case. Right. Like, for but, example, there's a short story that is referred to at the beginning of the film, which is not of that import, importance to the story, but it is important if you know Iranian cinema and where this guy comes oh, from. Oh, the cow. Yeah, the cow. Which yeah. So the, um, the dude is a teacher. Yeah. And Imad he, is a teacher. Imad yeah. is a teacher. And he uh, is teaching his class about this Iranian uh, story. Or mm-hmm. is it a play? It's a, it's a short story that short, was turned, short into story turned into a film. Uh, called The Cow, which and is I about think, an impoverished village that basically um, they they lose their, the owner of a cow in the village loses his only cow. It dies or something. And he goes insane and like tries to become the cow and like, uh, you know, starts mooing and eating hay and all this stuff and slowly goes insane. It was a, it was a personal favorite of the, of the Supreme Leader at the time, or I don't know if this is pre-revolutionary. So I, I'm yeah. not, not too, I, I know a little bit about Iranian cinema, but not too much. Sure. Uh, there is a guy online uh, Kyle Calgreen, who runs a, a YouTube channel it's called Browse Held High. Mm. Um, he does a terrific uh, recap of uh, of Iranian cinema when he's talking about uh, This Is Not a Film, which is an Iranian film that came out last year. Um, this is not a film. Uh, very interesting story. This Is Not a Film is, about, is by uh, J- Jafar Panahi, who's an Iranian filmmaker who was banned from making films for, uh, for 20 years because he was making a documentary about uh, Ahmadinejad. And, uh, he, in order to, so he, he basically made a film in his apartment by himself, snuck it, baked a cake, uh, put it, the film on a USB drive and then put it into the cake and sent it, and sent it to the Cannes film festival. Um, you know, the, it, kind of amazing. It's That's on, awesome. it's on Netflix right now. Oh, um, well, that didn't work. I run, <laughs> <laughs> but, but at any rate, and, you know, the other factor in the salesman is that the, the, the film is anchored around this. Well, not anchored, but they are telling us the, they're, they're retelling the death of a salesman's story, which kind of, so this is, yeah, this is the weird thing that I, I, this is where my lack of knowledge of the play death of a salesman fails me. I feel like if I knew the play better, I know it yeah. roughly. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it once. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, 
that every time they sort of cut back to the theater company working on the players showing a scene of it or like whatever, yeah. like I'm sure it's timely with what's going on in the film. Yeah. I can't connect the dots and I tried. Right. Um, and I don't know. I mean, that goes back to how much, you know, outside knowledge should you need to have to enjoy a film? And that didn't affect my enjoyment. I just feel like to get the deeper meaning of what they're trying to do, I, sh- I, I would have needed to know death of a salesman pretty well. It's funny. I, I don't know Death of a Salesman very well. I've got obviously, you know, like I know what it is. Sure. Um, I've read other Arthur Miller plays, but not that one. Uh, and I've never seen it performed either. So I've, it's kind of like what I just vaguely know what it is, uh-huh. you know. And for some reason, I always get Death of a Salesman confused with Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, which oh. is they're not related in any nope. way, shape, or form. Not at all. Um, but I felt like I understood why Death of why Death of a Salesman's connected to uh, Imad and Rana's story. Now. I'll explain why when we get into spoilers, yeah. but but I, I think you only need a, like a very perfunctory knowledge of Death of a Salesman to really connect it. Okay, I'm li- I'm interested because for whatever reason I couldn't connect the dots. Um, the what happens is uh, later on is um, and I guess we're getting into spoilers. Well, I, I, a couple things. Sorry, just mm-hmm. before we get into spoilers, I do want to say well, let's talk let's talk about our overall impression. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I, yeah. I, it took me a long time to realize I liked it. I mean, right. by a long time, I mean twenty four hours. Okay. Uh, I I. I walked out of it going like, I don't know what to feel about this because it's a incredibly sad film. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are no winners. Yeah. Um, And it, but like, it's incredibly well done. It's, it's impeccably acted. It's directed the fuck out of the cinematography is great. And it's a usual company of actors that he's worked with. uh, Tarana Aladista. Uh, now, I'm gonna our, pronounce these better. Yeah, they're they're all they were. Actually, in fact, they were both in About Ellie, which I just watched a few. So it's New Wave, right? Yeah. But does that mean were they not actors before they started working with him? I don't know their history. I think they're pretty well established. Okay, because isn't New Wave like when you? Oh no, neo no. Well, there's different. I mean, every every country has its own flavor of neorealism or new wave, where they you know like non because like one of my thing. favorite films, Umberto D, the Italian yeah. one, is that's all non actors, right? And that was that felt that's, that felt as real to me i mean this 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 I think movie's that's the neo that's the neorealistic period yeah, 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 of italian yeah. cinema um the this one i know it's new wave and neorealism are different but like they didn't feel i knew they were actors obviously but they acted so damn well that it didn't feel like act like i never questioned the authenticity of what you want. yeah i mean listen i you need to watch a separation immediately you hear that internet I, you I, need to watch it. I, I kid you not. Uh, a separation is a life changing movie. Okay. It is. It is. I I hadn't watched a movie like that where, again, I was on the edge of my seat because of an a piece of unknown information, and and I'm, the same with about Ellie. It, I'm it, guessing separation is not about when Spider Man gets rid of the alien symbiote that eventually becomes Venom. That is a reach for even for you. No, it's like, not. There's a game called Separation Anxiety. So it's not. It's not. <laughs> that is a reach even for you, nope. Mr. Kroll. I got that fruit. <laughs> there you have it, listeners. We got our Marvel uh, plug-in. For you already put it in for Thor earlier. Right? That was an extra. Uh, you actually mentioned Thor. You mentioned Taika. I, and and you, and you brought up Thor. Uh, you, we, roll the tape. Hold on. Roll the tape. I'm going to roll the tape. You <laughs> said, what was, is, is Taika's next film going to excite you? And I said it was Thor. Yeah, that, but, I didn't, but I didn't say the name. You, you said the name. You primed me to say that. Yep. I didn't say I didn't prime you. Okay. Uh, a separation <laughs> is amazing. And like, so the reason I think you might've felt the way you did is, is that he is a phenomenal writer. He is, uh, I think 
possibly quite possibly one of the best writers working in in the medium of cinema sure. today. Um, and in that everything feels within, and I, and he writes. You know, we talked about this with our American Honey review. One thing that I I love films that are uh, that are meditative. You know, a film like Arrival is kind of meditative. Sure, it's it's reflecting on things that have happened. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily about the actions that are happening right in front of them right now. I mean, you know, it's a little bit. Moonlight is a meditative film. Yes, there's one, been a lot of those recently. I, I, I love those films, but w- one thing that I'm always amazed by is when a film is immediate, where where the nexus between drama and and the the thought behind that drama in, in terms of what the film is trying to say are immediately connected. So in other words, the action is leading to what we should think. Mad Max is a really good example yeah. of that. Um, so uh, Asghar Fahadi is one of those, you know, like we often think about foreign filmmakers. A film like This Is Not A Film is a meditative film. But Asghar Fahadi does not make meditative films. He makes films that are profound that will make you think, that will make you meditate, but they're about the immediate action that's happening. Well, that's what I was going to say. I don't think, like, there's a lot that I was trying to unpackage whether or not I liked this film, but this film didn't leave me thinking about anything. That was, I think that's why I thought I didn't like it at first, because it, it didn't leave me, uh, it didn't leave me like questioning uh, certain morals or the, the, the writer. I don't know. It oh, just, it left me. It left me like. Oh, it left me thinking a lot about who's right, who's wrong, and what's. Well, what I, is the value? I looked at it as no one was right, and we'll get into sort of why. But the, the thing about it is, this and and I don't want to. I'm not trying to sell you. I think the filmmaking craft here is is far better than the examples that I'll give. But this, <laughs> this you is, mention Underworld in comparison, right no, no, now? No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, it's still really fun. Go see, go see Blood Wars. Um, the the feeling that I get from a lot of like the good timey fun movies that I go see. Right. Right. Uh, that we would call like a popcorn flick or something like that, mm-hmm. that I watch. And then I don't particularly think about later. Mm-hmm. I, I think this film is the craft of it is much better, but it's the same result for me personally. Right. Because I saw it. I felt a lot of feelings. Mm-hmm. And then my only thought after the fact was trying to figure out if I actually liked the movie or not, not, not the, I feel like everything that it did, it, it, it buttoned up kind of enough for me to be like, oh, okay, that's what he's trying to say. Right. And then it didn't, it never left me questioning anything beyond that. And again, that's just me. And that's not to, to dis, dismay or sort of to discredit the film at all. Um, I, I, I like it. Um, I've, and I've determined that probably uh, in the last like three hours. I, I love that you're doing like an al- an algebra equation to like. Well, I have to because it, it's important to me. Like I, I should know if I like a movie. Right. Like I should. Yeah. And maybe there's something that's actually very uh, complimentary in the fact that I had to think about if I, in a weird way, right. I had to think about if I liked it or not. Yeah. Uh, and and I think there's a lot there to like. I just don't know if it's something that I will continually be like, oh man, like you know, Ahmad I, is, is the thing that and the other thing. Like I just I I won't do that. It's it's funny. I I always think that if 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 I if I couldn't fault the film, mm-hmm. and if I, but it it but I wasn't sure if I liked it, but it left me thinking about it a lot. I th- I usually think that that's a good sign. Like that's a sign of something really good. Like if I'm, if I'm having those questions, the, the last film and boy, this is a deep cut. Uh, the last film that made me feel that way is a movie called demon lover by Oliver Sae. I like both <laughs> of those words. I think you would actually really like this film because it's about gaming. 
Uh, and it's about the the I'm on, listening. online Sell culture. It it's a fucked up movie. I it's like it. Very weird. Love it. Um, I'm not sure if I liked it. Okay, but but it like I look. I saw that movie some twelve years ago now, probably. Okay, <laughs> I think, and I still think about it, even though I've never seen it again. Demon lover. Very. It's it's an interesting movie. I, I'd be curious to watch it again. We should maybe. Drag it out. It's All not right. a, Maybe not I'll a go movie. to a story this weekend and we'll watch Demon Lover. It's not a movie that's talked about that much. All right. Um, and uh, so I think that's usually a good sign. Um, yeah, I, I I agree with, like I said, it's it's not my favorite Asghar Fahadi film. It gets into, it, it's, but again, it's like, like I said, a Michael Jordan game is still a Michael Jordan game. I understand game. that entirely. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay, so let's let's get into spoilers now. Is that fair? That's fair. I, I The only thing I would say is that uh, it's a good game he gets into some territory that is very interesting for him, but it does, it does do things that he's very good at, which is that um, often in his films, there is a misunderstanding about an event that you, he peels back and allows you to see it from about four different angles. Sure. So let's, let's just sort of, I mean, we're not going to go as deeply into the breakdown of this film because we've, we've talked about other things and you know, we only have so much time, but so basically they move into this apartment, yeah. uh, Ahmad and his wife, uh, what was her name? Rana. Uh, Rana. Uh, and they move into this apartment. There's people, this woman who lived there before left some of her stuff that eventually she won't come and get it because she doesn't have a place yet. Quote unquote, Babak yeah. says. So they eventually move it outside. And then, um, the, uh, Ahmad, this is the, the big spoiler of the film and the big, the big event of of the film is is about what you're about to yes. describe, right? So Ahmad is gone for one reason or another. He's at the playhouse or he's doing something or running late for school. Doesn't yeah. fucking matter. Uh, and uh, someone buzzes the door as uh, Rana is yeah. taking a shower. She just buzzes him in, thinking it's Ahmad, and that, that's yeah. that. Uh, turns out, and there's a oh god, there's a haunting shot of the door just like open, like for like 20 seconds, just like slowly creaking. And you never see who comes in, right? Uh, but that was beautiful and terrifying. And then uh, it turns out that she gets assaulted uh, in one way or. Or another, you're not exactly quite sure, and I have something to say about that as well, uh, eventually. And then the story of this is basically Ahmad trying to figure out who did this to his wife. Mm. Now, there's multiple reasons why he is trying to figure that out, which I think culturally is very interesting. There's obviously he loves and cares for his wife, and even though there's some exchanges in this film that might seem less than um, uh, nurturing, let's mm. say, uh, I do believe that the character loves his wife. Mm -hmm. The other thing is there's a certain um, sort of honor-dishonor sort of yeah. Uh, element to this that I feel like would not exist entirely uh, to this level in the like, Michael Bay remake of this movie is not going to exactly not gonna it'll that. have an argument about the Romeo and Juliet law so they can uh, fuck underage people oh, but um, what Transformers that was a Hasbro movie I didn't I'm not saying I didn't prime you god damn it <laughs> um, so sorry I'm back um, so the interesting thing that I, 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 and actually me and Raya were talking about this, mm -hmm. was the way that they portray this because um, uh, she doesn't want to go to the police. Mm -hmm. So that leaves her husband sort of with only this sort of option, at least he sees. And you're never quite sure what happens. Did he just attack her, realize it wasn't her and leave, but then there's money left at the apartment. So like, did he, did something, we basically the idea, we, we never know if it was an actual sexual assault or not. Mm-hmm. You find out later that the woman who lived rented the apartment before him was a woman of ill repute mm -hmm. uh, or the oldest profession or however you want to put it. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, that's why this caller came and did what he did. Uh, he, he, you don't know sort of why, but that's why he at least arrived in the first place. Right. 
Um, there was an interesting thing. Uh, I was curious because I know Iran has certain censorship issues. Right. And, and I'm glad you said that a lot of his films are based around sort of like murky questions and, and purposefully. Yeah. Um, because I didn't know if they couldn't actually just say it was downright sexual assault in the film because of the sort of things you're not allowed to say in Iranian film. I don't know if that's the case, but I, I, and I, you know, to be honest, yeah, I don't know a lot about what Iranian, uh, you know, like Iranian life is like, but I, I mean, the one impression, there's one, you know, but obviously as an outside viewer, you can pick up on clues and, and, and you shouldn't, you know, like, I think this is actually a useful tool in terms of watching films that are not from your own culture yeah. is, is to go in with an open mind and say, well, okay, if people are acting this way, that must be a cultural norm that, Okay, that we don't, don't understand. Know. So that was something that was something I actually uh, I just sort of about uh, uh, Iranian film in general, because you and I don't have a particular history other with this director with you, I think. Yeah. Right. Uh, I've seen a few Iranian films. And like the one thing about Iranian films that I am really always in awe of is their self reflexivity. Sure. Um, well, you know, who's you know, who's seen a lot more than both of us. Who's that? Raya. OK. She talked about it. OK. Roll the thing. Well, let's talk about Iranian film for a second, because this, I, th I feel like I might have seen one other, but you've, you've been immersed in this for a, a lot of your life. I have. So what, did this movie check the boxes of what Iranian film tends to be? Did it kind of jump outside of it? Like, how, how does it stack up against sort of the, the pantheon? Well, I wouldn't say that I'm like the noted expert, but I do know that- Out of everyone on this podcast, you are the expert. Yeah, with all due respect to Shahir. Oh, um, yeah, of course, of course. And yes. this being the only podcast about the film, The Salesman, you are now the expert. Yes. Well, thank you. Uh, my mother will be very excited to know this. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I, I've, I've seen a lot of Iranian movies, both, you know, for pleasure and with my family growing up, we would go to the Lincoln Plaza Cinema- the same one that we went to. The very same. The very same. Probably the same seats. And yeah, why not? Let's go with it. Uh, it. Hasn't really had a had a makeover in quite some years. IMAX not coming. No. Um, I I think it stacks up in the like depression factor. Like I don't know if I've ever left a. Persian movie and went like, well, that was a lighthearted romp. Wow. <laughs> I really just let's let's go have like fucking lunch now. No, you want to like go under covers and maybe call your parents. Just really appreciate what you have because everyone in that movie has nothing by the end. Um, I think a very good example of that is there's this one movie, Bache Simon, Children of Heaven, which is just like, I remember being in like ninth grade or whenever it came out and going with my mother and just loud crying because they are just so deeply emotional. Um, but that is, I, I think, you know, not to deride an entire genre because Iranian cinema is this amazing export that... Um, a now rather controversial country is incredibly proud of. And um, they have an incredibly rich culture that, you know, you're not going to get dumb and dumber, but you're going to get these incredibly layered and rich stories uh, that, yeah, that that hold up really nicely and and portray just 
a wealth of different emotions and, and many different shades of sadness. So yeah, I, I found that very interesting because I wanted to see how it stacked up against a lot of other Iranian film. Are these themes and sort of feelings and emotions that come across a lot in that? And is that, you know, that obviously some of that, if that's true, is culturally based and, and it's, it's just very interesting to me. I, I think we get into a little bit of a, I want to say slightly dangerous territory when you try to categorize the entire the entire body of work of, of a nation. Of course. No, no, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I, I'm not saying that yeah. in a pejorative way. I'm just saying like in terms of, you know, like, this is an interesting question. And, uh, and, you know, part of me just wants to say that I think, I think it can be, de you know, because we don't do that with American, you know, like you wouldn't, if you, if you're, I think other countries do it, but then they, they it, but you do it about other countries, which is you don't do it about your own culture. Sure. And it's interesting because everyone thinks American movies are a certain thing. And there's a thousand different kinds of American movies. And everyone's going to think Iranian film is sort of, a, but like maybe only the bigger ones are sort of falling into that thing. Same with America. You know, it's, it's everywhere has their own thing. And when you look at it for as an outsider, it always gets an interesting perspective. You know, you know, something that I always remember when thinking about this was that I, you know, cause I, <laughs> When I was in uh, in New Zealand, I would I love I love going to video stores. I don't know why. I still love going to video stores. They're fun. They're fun. I love I love browsing. God, there was one on St. Marks that was awesome. There's still one in the Upper East Side. Shout out to We Deliver Videos. That's mm. great. It's got a great catalog. Anyway, um, in New Zealand, and 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 I remember going like I would always browse the foreign and world section of a, of any video store I go into. And the thing that I always I found amusing one day was that I found two or three New Zealand films in the foreign section at a New Zealand video store. And it's this <laughs> thing. It, it always happens because, you know, like we look at films that we, we look at cinema as American by default and anything outside of that is foreign. And it's weird when you're in another culture that does that to its own cinema. Um, yeah, that's weird. You know, like, and I, and I remember like taking the video up and pointing it out to the, the video store clerk, and they were like, Oh yeah. Oh, that's not a foreign movie. That looks like a foreign movie. I was like, it was shot around the corner, bro. And it was like, you know, that's just weird. Yeah. Um, but I, so I think there's a, you know, and, and here's the thing. Raya would have grown up watching Iranian comedy. She would have grown up watching Iranian soap operas. She would have grown up watching. I'll have to ask her. You know, because like if you ask me about Indian movies, I grew, I grew up watching Indian comedies, Indian soap operas, Indian dramas. But the ones that tend to make it into the international marketplace have some impact some value that American cinema can't fill and that because American cinema is the default. So, so the ones that make it through here are, you know, are those sure. Um, it's weird. Like the, the, the front runner for the best foreign film Oscar is a comedy this year, which is very rare for the best foreign film. Yeah. Oscar, Tony Erdman, a German film. I believe it's German. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I hear it's fantastic. Okay. Um, it's very, you know, but like comedy is something that America, puts out a lot of so it didn't you know a foreign comedy doesn't tend to make a big impact here um so i think i i i think there's a little bit of a risky oh, thing yeah, in terms of categorizing an entire a film by its nation yeah you know what i mean um because oh, asga fahadi is not the same kind of filmmaker as uh, as kirstami is you know, he's, he's not right. the same no, kind 100%, of Right, no, 100%. But then there's also just the, sort of, if you look at everything from a macro level, I mean, you can do this with American film based yeah. on what's going on culturally. Hell, in the next couple of years, we're going to get some weird damn movies. We are, but, the, you know, like, obviously, there are going to be outliers to that and things of that we Of course, there's understand. always exceptions to the rule, yes. Um, but, yes, of the three, I, I can say with authority of the four Asghar Fahadi films I've seen, they linger around this unanswered question. And in a... In a and it's a semi, 
it, it, it often is about, like, for example, it's often about an event that everyone has seen and witnessed, but everyone has a different opinion about why it happened. Right. So, so in this film in particular, um, eventually Ahmad goes and basically becomes Batman and starts doing some <laughs> crazy detective work. Um, DC plug. We got them all now. Hasbro, yeah. Marvel, and DC. Got yeah. Well, Hasbro. Anything else on this list we need to get through? Uh, oh shit. Well, no. I mentioned Bioshock. That's good. Fast yeah. and Furious. Great. Um, <laughs> no, I think we're good. I think we're good. Okay, let's move on. Skyrim. Then. Um, no. So the <laughs> the uh, Hearthstone. The um the thing about this is this is where so as he becomes Batman and starts like doing a lot of like really good detective work. And something you were talking about was like the details that this guy puts in all of his films. It's so great because like. Everything matters. Everything. Well, th that's the thing. The small things, I 100% agree, everything matters. There was something weird that happened during this sort of like hunt for this dude that, yeah. that, that, that um, assaulted his wife that certain little things didn't matter, but enough of them did. Now, he finds keys in the apartment as well, but then he goes and tries on various cars in the, in the lot. And uh, then he finds one that's a pickup truck. And then he goes and takes that pickup truck and parks it in his apartment building's uh, garage because he wants to see if the guy will come back for it. That's a great fucking move. Yeah. And then the the uh, Rama, uh She moves the vehicle. She moves the vehicle. Because she's a, she's annoyed of having to move it all the time in the parking garage. So she puts I love it that out. that's a little detail in this movie. But she of puts it outside and then it goes and then it, the guy came and got it somehow. Yeah. And then it's gone. And then upon happenstance, uh, upon happenstance, happenstance, thank happenstance. you. Happenstance. Happenstance. Yeah. He finds it again. He finds it while he's driving around. Right. Now that to me is, and I'm trying to figure out why it's not perfunctory, but that whole arc is kind of perfunctory. Because it doesn't, it doesn't truly matter. Now it feels real. Right. It feels it, that goes towards a sense of these guys don't feel like actors. It feels like something that's actually happening. And I get that. It also does it point to like the fact that they haven't taken this to, this to the police that they're they're kind of trying like they're they're not used to dealing with this and they're trying to figure out how to deal with it. And what happens? It was just an unnecessary hurdle in the story. You could have easily done it without that. Well, Ten I think minutes. so. The thing that was interesting to me in that in that entire exchange is the way in which Ahmad was basically trying to ignore the question of what happened to you. He doesn't just directly ask her. She's not willing to say what happened to her. Um, I think because at first you think it might have just been a violent assault. The guy realized it wasn't the prostitute that lived there before, and he leaves. And then they hint to that it could be something more. And then you, there's money on the table, so you're like, "What the fuck is that?" And you start to see Ahmad kind of slowly. I don't want to say unravel because he doesn't become unhinged. Does he become the cow? No. Um, no. No? No. Nope. Does not become the cow. What? Uh, really? No. No. Not the cow. Why? Not the cow. Not the cow. Not gonna, we're just not going to do the cow. He's not the cow. Not the cow. Not the cow. Okay. Not the cow. <laughs> I don't know how to rag right now. Um, we'll just move on. Um, All right. <laughs> guys, if you know what just happened, email us at onlymoviepodcast.gmail.com. I don't know. Uh, you see him slowly unravel in a way that I think is interesting in that he, he wants to do, like, he's powerless to do anything about this. And basically he's got his, like, little things that he can do. He can try out the keys. He can, like, he gets annoyed that she had to move the car. So he goes out and he's driving and he's trying to figure out where this car, and it comes up again. And then he immediately launches into this like bizarre, not bizarre, but like very, um, you can say Batman. No, Machiavellian. You can say Batman. I'm going to go with Machiavellian. Okay. Machiavellian scheme in order to 
lure out the person who he thinks has done this. He, he puts- finds the truck at a bakery and he goes in and he asks them, to, oh, you got to move your car because like they're going to give tickets. And then like, oh, dude, go move your car. And then he sees the guy. It's a young gentleman. He's like, oh, that's the dude. And then he follows him to do his deliveries. And then he's like, follows him. And he does a very clever thing. He's like, oh, hey, I'm moving soon. He's like, hey, can you uh, help me move my car, or my, my stuff, because you have that great truck. And the guy's like, I don't want to do it. And they finally convinces him to do it. And they exchange numbers. Side note, another perfunctory thing I feel like that happens. There's only two, I really yeah. feel like. It's the moving of the truck. And then it's the argument he gets in eventually with Babak. Yeah. Because I don't feel like that goes anywhere. He basically starts, like, getting into this tiff with the guy who got them the apartment. And I rightfully think, I think so. It, I think it's part of the the, the whole Confusion, unravel- unraveling? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, of- and I'll see that. I'll concede to that one. That makes sense to me. I didn't realize this me. was a concession, like we're fighting. <laughs> Uh, no, no, I, no, but I'm saying that what you just said does change my sort of even even speaking this entire yeah. thing does change my mind. Because when I came in, I was like, there are two things that don't matter in this movie surrounded by a ton of really great thought out shit that right. matters. So those obviously stand out for me. But now I'm going to I'm going to knock it down to one because that is true. <laughs> but, I, you know, I think like it, it also like it's that sort of element of realism. I remember um, once uh, we were on a beach drinking and a friend of mine had their cigarette stolen. Look at look <laughs> at fucking fancy pants over here. This is a very, and, and then I was she, raised on a houseboat in Spain. <laughs> and then she asked me to like find the person who got her, who stole a cigarette. And oh, I would never do that. And like, and were, I had to were like, you sleeping with this woman? No, 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 no. Oh, that's a good friend. And then, oh, okay. Like, good friend. You can do it. And then, and I was like, but I then there's an acquaintance, but you know what, it, what? The way you just described what he was doing, remi- it reminded me of that because it, what, what that event, like trying to figure out who stole the cigarettes and like who, how to get it back and all this sort of stuff. It reminded me that like in the real world, Nothing is black and white and you can never, even if someone is raw in the wrong, you will never get the satisfaction of them admitting they're in the wrong. You know, like that just doesn't happen in the real world. Trump's not going to say he's sorry. Everyone (laughs) believes they're the hero of their own movie. And right now we are living in Trumpo land. Oh man. And, uh, we're just along for the ride. But, um, you know, like that, that's what that, you know, I remember like trying to in, like not interrogate, but like ask someone about like, did they, did you happen to have a pair of, you know, packages? I like you became Batman. And it's, and it's it, the, the thing with the car and him going to the bakery and having to like, like come up with a, you know, this is not the, the grandmaster plan of an action hero. This is a guy who's, who, who wants, I thought it was pretty fucking clever. Yeah, it's pretty, but you know, like he, he's basically, but he's doing shit that I would do. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So maybe like, Batman's the wrong analogy. I just, I, 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 he's doing common man, Batman, common man, Batman. Yeah. It's a, lot think- of, a lot of man, <laughs> common Batman. There common. we go. Batman year one. Yeah, sure. Well, he's just getting the hang of it. Yeah. Except without the money. Right. Without <laughs> the money and a much shittier apartment. <laughs> Was that Blank Man? Was that the, there was Blank Man? There was or, Blank Man. Dark Man was kind of Batman Year One without the money. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> we are really, really getting deep into our list. Check out the Sam Raimi classic Dark Man. <laughs> Give me the fucking bear. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> so eventually, so he, he he arranges this whole thing to happen. He calls the guy to come pick, help him move, and he's going to trap him and sort of like uh, just talk him, like to confront him. Yeah. Turns out, not the same guy shows up. No. Elderly gentleman shows up. Elderly gentleman. And it turns out that he is the guy's father-in-law. So he, the, the dude that he met at the bakery that he convinced to help him move uh, was busy because he's marrying this elderly gentleman's daughter. Right. Uh, now, originally, uh, Ahmad decides to uh, tell the father what happened. 
And that gets him very uncomfortable. He's like, oh, I need to. He's like, if this is true, then the wedding's off and da 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 da. Yeah. Turns out he calls him. He's like, no, you got to get him to come here. You got to get him to come here. I need to talk to him myself. And there's a lot of shady dealings on the phone. Turns out, based on a bunch of different clues, like they don't give each other their numbers and blah, 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 that Ahmad's starting to think maybe this guy is more important to this tale than he thought, and he doesn't let him leave. And in, and, and in conjunction with that, the, uh, there was blood on the stairs as, uh, as sort of like an exit trail of whoever assaulted um, his wife. And he decides maybe this dude should take off his shoes. Right. And he finds out that one of the foots, one of the foots, one of the foots, one of, the one foots. of, the foots. One, of one of them foots uh, is bandaged. We're in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle land. Now. Yeah, the like, foot clan. Yeah. He's literally, ha, ah, see, it's fun. Uh, he finds out that it's bandaged and it turns out that this is the dude that assaulted his wife. This elderly gentleman, yeah. which changes. So I, what I love that happens here is that the film becomes real time. It like goes from this, like, yeah. it goes from this, like really sort of like montage we're seeing events happen kind of thing to just stop. And for the remainder of this movie, we're in real time zone. Um, and it is this wonderful kind of dance between this guy, the, 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 the father-in-law, uh, Ahmad and Rana who turns up as well. And I love that everyone shows up at the end. I, what I loved here is that this is a classic, vengeance tale and it's a classic sort of um revenge you know you're never gonna revenge is a um dish best served no 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 no. i was thinking of another thing revenge is never satisfactory revenge is always going to leave you slightly empty i don't know if any klingon ever said that though (laughs) uh wharf might have was wharf a klingon yes wharf was a who are you (laughs) anyway uh (laughs) (laughs) what i love is this is the classic um, revenge is never going to be satisfying. Tell you know you go you're on you're out for revenge and you get it and you're you're not you're not satisfied. And what I love here is that there's this unspoken thing that happens where where Rana turns up and she agrees. No, he goes and gets her. He locks that dude in a the closet. Then go gets her. Go gets her. And then she, and he uh, has a medical problem which which causes him to pass out. Then they give, give him, him pills, pills so you think he might be dead, and then he's not dead. Then his family shows up finally because they called them. And you realize that this person is really important to his family, like really, really. He's begging. He's begging because what what Ramad, uh, Ahmad wants to wants to do is humiliate humiliate him in front of his family because that'll discredit him and, and it will just be fucking awful. But it will also hurt all three of these people that essentially in this particular thing are in. Exactly. And so then uh, his wife decides, he says to him straight up, if you do this, we're done. We're done. Yeah. And and it, the, she she has this thing which she she doesn't she she sees this man who has by all accounts wronged her kill bill style. Um possibly sexually assaulted possibly her. Possibly and he is, you know, like he has but what the film does is allows us to see him as a he's a terrible human being, but as a human being as well as a terrible human being. If that if that makes sense. And and, and yeah, but and, it's, it is so strange too. Side note that he is so old and frail in this thing that yeah. he was able to like smash her into a wind into a mirror. Yeah, I don't I don't know what happened. Yeah, that's that, the oddity. I don't know what happened, but like there's this unspoken thing where Rana doesn't want this to happen. She doesn't want, and, and I, and to me, the way I read that was, was that it is not Imad's place to seek 
revenge on her behalf. Like this, is, it's not his place to but do it. This is the interesting thing. And I don't know if this is a cultural thing. Cause I could see it happening also in America too. There's this whole thing where if you're and this is fucking awful, but I'm just, it is sort of like, go with it. It's if your woman, quote unquote, <laughs> if you can have a woman, do Wait, you know is what this I mean? a woman that I've like hit over the head caveman style no, no, and dragged no, back to my basically, cave? but you know, okay, but there's, okay, but do, do you get what I'm you follow, <laughs> Seriously, are you following sort of what I'm saying? Like if the person, if the woman you are with right. is wronged in that sort of way, you are, you are, and this is you are responsible. You are, not only that, you're responsible. You are less of a man if you don't take care of it. So and what quote, I, take care of it. So there's this weird thing. And I, I, I wondered this in the film is, and I said this in the beginning, is Ahmad doing this because he loves his wife? Is he doing this because it's his honor on the line? Or is he doing this for a combination of both? And I and and, and upon reflection, I feel like it's a combination of both. Because it just feels that way because what eventually happens, and we can talk about the end and then sort of our final thoughts about the movie, but he does. He decides to let him go. But first he says, oh, no, wait, we have to settle something in the back room. And he settles him because he doesn't want the money that he left because it's, again, it's a whole thing about honor. He gives him the money that, because there was even a point where uh, his wife went and bought dinner and uh, bought a bunch of groceries and made a great spaghetti dinner. Uh, but she's like, he's like, oh, how'd you do this? You didn't have my credit card. He's like, oh, I've used the money you left me on the counter. And he realized it was the money that was left that he didn't tell her was there. So it's a whole like making sure everything is even and square. So he gives him the money and he smacks him across the face super hard. Yeah. And then they walk out with yeah. the family, his wife and his uh, son-in-law and his daughter. And then he basically has another heart attack or medical condition on the stairs and I believe passes away. Well, I don't, we don't really we, know. We, we don't really know. But see, I think the thing that, you know, like. And then, they, what, sort of, then we'll finish up. Then we'll talk about it. Is the final thing. Ahmad and Rana are back at the playhouse getting their makeup done up for the scene in the in the movie. It's just silence back and forth, back and forth, back and forth of them getting their makeup done, getting them aged, basically. Uh, and that's the end of the movie. So the thing the I think the 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 really important thing to talk about is the thing you just mentioned, which is this idea that it is the you're less of a man if you don't uh, take care of it. And I think what I really liked about this film was seeing that that is a a particular uh, perception of the world that we have that may not necessarily be true. I don't think it's true, but I think a lot of people think it's true. Of course, and I think Ahmad thinks it's true. A hundred percent. But but what there's this moment where Rana, I, I I don't think she ever says this explicitly, but this was my thought process. You know, like trying to get myself into a thought process was that it is not your place to seek revenge up for this. I she is basically saying, I want to forget this. Yep. I, I don't want to. Remember this. I don't want this to be a part of. And who I, I don't am. want to ruin three other people's lives for the mistakes of this asshole. Yeah, exactly. And and she is not that person. And and she and the movie makes us see this person in a way that I don't think another film would do, which is that he has a family and the fa and he matters to that family and like not just a little bit, you know, like to it's to the son, it's to his wife who like, we have these like extended scenes of the, the, the family, the, the whole way that we saw at the beginning of the film that was hard to get down because it was being cracked. We see an all elderly woman having to climb those stairs and she's trying to do it. You know, she's trying to do it and she's very upset and she's calling to her children to do it. Those are the kinds of details that you wouldn't see in another film. It takes the time. It takes its time to get there. And I think, 
we just see again we see this event from a different angle and and it's co- what i love about it is it's complicated it's it's it, yeah, it's, it's not, dirty and 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 it, you don't really feel good at the end. It's it's not black and white, and that's what I love that about this movie. You know, and I love that about all of his films, to be honest with you. So uh, yeah, so so that's that to me was kind of the critical thing. There is that is seeing her, and what I loved about the way that they played out Death of a Salesman is prior to this is me again saying I don't know a lot about yeah, Death yeah. of a Salesman, but prior to this scene. They play the death scene from Death of a Salesman, where we see uh, Rana playing the wife, um, foreshadowing. Yeah, like over her dead husband. And Vili, I, Vili, I, yeah, Vili uh, wasn't Willie Loman. Yeah, but the, they, the, the, Raya was actually saying not on when uh, we recorded, but she was saying how it's hilarious because her her uh, relatives, I guess, can't say W's. So, so Vili, it's Vili, Vili. Um, you know, like we see the, the death of the salesman is not just. His, it, it's the death of their relationship in a way. Yeah, or, you know, a hundred percent. And then the final—that was the only one that caught me. Like, I got that one. And then the final scene is them being made aged up. So this is them like moving forward from this from now Ooh, on. Whatever that means. Completely separated. You know, like they're not in a scene together anymore. There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot of questions at the end, but none of them are the ones that truly matter. Like everyone, it's weird. Like everyone in this loses. I don't know. See, the thing is, uh, if if we were to talk about cinema as a product of their nation, and if we were to talk about cinema under Trump, there is a paradigm in Western cinema that I think that there has to be a winner and a loser. And that is not a paradigm that I see in Iranian movies. That's not a paradigm I see That's fair. In, in films of other of, uh, of many other countries. The, the paradigm of win-lose is not uh, a binary that, that necessarily has to correlate in that way. And I don't think that that's a paradigm that I don't think film, it has to. I'm just stating that everyone loses. Right. But I don't I don't even think that that's the language of what happened in this film. OK, I, I think that I think what we saw was a relationship that entered a new phase and may which not, might be that which might be they moved on, which might be they aren't together anymore, which you know, might, yeah. it might. Be, yeah. But I, I so I don't think there's a you know, it's like I, I, I wouldn't call I wouldn't call a relationship like any relationship I've had that's ended as losing as much as I would say that that change. Well, you lose something. I'm, I'm not saying you're, but you're, you're saying loses in like, I was saying loses in everyone has lost something in this movie. Therefore there, there are no winners. There are only losers. Right. Again, I just, Again, I, 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 I don't no, think I, that I, I, think, I think I'm not using the right words and I get what you're saying. Yeah. And I like that. I like movies that people don't, you don't need to have the hero win or whatever the hell. Like it's just, I even think the paradigm of hero doesn't apply here. No, there's no hero here. Yeah. I, but you know, like, I, no, you know what? Fuck that. Rana's the hero. Rana's the hero. How is she the hero? Because she fucking is the one that goes at the, at the pinnacle moment. She decides that it is not worth fucking ruining these other people's lives for the fuck ups that this one asshole did to her. She takes this weird sort of, not even weird, just almost like a uh, noble or almost saintly sort of thing. She's like, look, I, I this is something that happened to me. We don't need to spread this to other people. She's like, I'm handling this. Let's forget about it and move on. That is a heroic action to me. And, 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 uh, but she Ahmad, loses her husband in the, in the process. Yeah. Well, heroes lose shit. My, I think, yeah. Again, I, if, I, if there, I'm just saying, if there is a hero, she is the hero. He is not. Right. I, again, I, I don't, I guess it's, a, it's a different paradigm. Like that, that's the, that to me, the reason the film is beautiful is the way in which it exposed me to a different perspective 
sure. on the way to live life. Yep. And 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 this notion that she's I I mean that's the way the way I read it is that Ron, Imad, it is not your place to yep. do this mm-hmm. to a to another human being and do it on my behalf. Yep. Um, and I think I think that to me is what makes the film. Now again, if we're gonna go into final thoughts, it is. Yeah, it is, we are. It is the. It is for me the 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 least complex and and the least still Jordan Gim. Yeah, it's the, the the least interesting of 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 Fahadi's films. And in terms of like it didn't have me on the edge of my seat. It was um it was very compelling, very beautifully told. I this guy is obviously obviously a master filmmaker. Sure. You know, like it, it goes without saying. But you just said it. I'm gonna say it. Do uh, it. because he's not allowed to come to this country. Yeah. Um, Someone's got to say, it. yeah, you know, like, he, and I, I hope we all feel safer for that. Um, I, I sure do. Yeah, I feel safer on a plane knowing that Asghar Fahadi. Damn it! <laughs> you know, you know what I've been singing for the last week is actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. I'm going to replace that with any celebrity I, I like right now. So, actual cannibal Asghar Fahadi is not on a plane <laughs> following me right now. <laughs> um, no, I. Um, this is a. A masterclass in tension building, in filmmaking, in the in the overall body of Asghar Fahadi's work. It is a testament to his consistent quality. Even if I do, you know, like it didn't get me. Like I said, I watched about Ellie uh, about three or four weeks ago, and I have to, I must talk about that movie to everyone I see. Sure, um, this is not one of those films for me. I think it's excellent. Um, and I think it in this genre, if there's a genre of revenge of of revenge films, I think this would be an interesting point in that genre. Yeah, because uh, it's not black and white. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, for the for all those reasons, it's absolutely worth your time and and money. And please go out and see it. And I'll say that I, I completely agree. And I will say that the conversation we've just had and the conversations that Ryan and I have had, uh, I think makes me like the film more um i i i do and i i think maybe even 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 from the beginning of this podcast i feel like I, there's just a lot of there's a lot to unravel here and if you can see it with people and then discuss it like that that's sort of the interesting part for me mm-hmm. um that i feel like makes its weight and and again it, it's so funny the the film itself is good. Like it's a good it's a movie. Very good it's film, made man. very, very well. Yeah. But add on to that, this, like, it's very, you, you can discuss this and, and, and you should discuss this. This is something that's not only, and, and I'm not even talking about the actual director's dilemma. I'm talking about the film itself is something that you can talk over with the people you saw it with. And it will give you, It'll, more insight than most of the movies you will discuss with people. And I think that has an intrinsic value to it. Um, and I, I know 100%. You should totally go see this. You should totally well, support this. On the this. basis of this, would you see uh, the other three films I mentioned? The Past, I, The Separation? I would, and I'll tell you this straight up because I'm going to be completely honest with you because you're my boy. Uh, I would at least see one of them. I'd see the one you think is the best one. And then if, if I like that one a lot, I would go watch the rest of his films. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to say like on the strength of this film, I right. will go instantly watch his filmography. Yeah. I will say he's bought another movie and I, that I would happily pay for and give money into his pocket because I do think he is a fucking good filmmaker. Right. Um, 
This one did. I mean, again, I'm singing it sort of praises now. I, I have issues with it. I've said them before. We don't need to go over them again. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but I do think people should see it. And, and I and I hope they do outside of these sort of major metropolitan areas if they're available, like especially because now that it's an Oscar nom, even though he can't be there, that still gives this film a very in this world, uh, 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 an edge of pristine that I hope gives this film more eyeballs because it deserves it. But. Let's get actually Raya. She has got one more thing. We're going to give her sort of the final word okay. uh, on this movie. I would say you ought to go see The Salesman for a lot of reasons. Number one, because I know that this is not a political podcast, but I think... We, we've in, done political things before. But in these times, I think it's kind of incumbent upon everyone to appreciate each other's cultures and... Uh, you know, in a lot of ways, at the risk of sounding high-minded, these sorts of cultural touchstones and, and the things that we create are what bring us together. I'm also happy to send along any Iranian pop music that people would like to listen to. <laughs> Shout out to Andy and Gugush. If either of them want to play my wedding and they're listening to this, get my number from Kroll. Okay, moving on. But yeah, I do think it is a great movie to see. Listen, it's not La La Land. You're not going to walk out of there singing, like I said. You probably may not even walk out of there talking um, out of the theater, but I think it paints a very, uh, a really interesting, I, I can't speak to its accuracy, but an interesting portrait of life in a country in which we don't live, in which they strive to express themselves creatively. I think it was really refreshing to see that in the Islamic Republic of Iran, they are performing an Arthur Miller play, who right, is right, right. a Jewish man um, who got Marilyn Monroe to convert. So big he's, up. Doing, he's doing something right. Big ups. Did. Yes. Yes. <laughs> did. He is like Frederick Douglass. He has passed away. <laughs> um, he's, Frederick Douglass is doing great work. <laughs> oh my God. But I, I do think I remember even when I was a kid, always being so proud of going to the movie, especially on a school night, which was such a thrill and going to see a taste of cherry or going to see children of heaven, because it was this amazing extension of uh, a country that I've never been to. My my mother left when she was rather young. And I do think that it is important for us to see that most people just want the same stuff. They want to be fed. They have really shitty struggles like all the rest of us. The ones in The Salesman are traumatic. But it. I, I think, uh, listen... I'd be remiss to not mention that there are moments at the end that did remind me of the Tyler Perry movie in which the woman who cheated got AIDS. I can't remember it now. <laughs> I love how you've turned this to a Tyler Perry film. Oh, please have me on if you would like to discuss the Why Did I Get Married canon. Uh... So I'll see you for that one. Well, there you have it. <laughs> That is the only podcast about the film The Salesman. 
Uh, and I think we're going to have to go out with the, with some Andy and, what is it, Gugushi? Yeah, we'll find it. We'll get Raya to <laughs> oh find God, it. Oh, God, Raya, I'm so sorry if I butchered she that. She butchered it. Um, but Shahir, before we go out with uh, Iranian pop music, uh, when you're not finding all that about yourself, where can folks find you? You can find me at ShahirDowd.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D, where the, my Instagram, Twitter, and all that stuff is connected there. Matt, how about you? You can find me at Matthew Kroll, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com. You can also find me at Skeletor, the number four P-R-E. Easy on Instagram or Emperor MSK on Twitter. You can also find us at Only Movie Pod at Twitter. Did you already say that? I don't even know. I'm so drunk right now. Um, but really, one beer. One that's beer. That's amazing. No, I'm kidding. Um, but this has been a really fun conversation, and I hope it was fun for all you, dear listeners. Give us some iTunes reviews. That would be absolutely lovely. Um, I know it can be sometimes of a chore, but it would help us out entirely. In this case, I do actually, like I have looked, uh, we are the only podcast about the salesman at this point. Yeah, that's what as, I said. As far as I can tell. That's so. what I said. We're always doing I don't listen one. to you. I don't listen to you. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> and next week, um, we're going to see you, and it's going to be fucking awesome. You have no idea, do you? Fucking <laughs> awesome! We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>